Welcome to the Chicago Bears Podcast. A presentation of ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Here's your host, Pat the Designer. Beardon Bears fans, welcome into another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast, the Friday show. That's why we got the good kid in the building with us. Yurko's in the building. Yurk, welcome back from Bourbon Country. Thank you. Had a nice couple of trips there. Bahamas in there as well. Beautiful tan on you. You're feeling good, too. You don't burn. Oh, of course I don't burn. You don't burn. I don't burn. I've got that Adriatic skin. I I like it. From uh, the coast of Croatia. We don't burn. We just get golden brown. That's 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 the perfect way to go. Like KFC, baby. You you are even Eleven roast. Eleven ingredients. Eleven <laughs> ingredients. Ooh yeah, spices. <laughs> Original. You an even roast guy? Do you What's do that? the front and then do the back? I do both. Or? Yeah, a half hour at a time. Okay. No more than four hours in the sun. And that bah- Bahamian sun is a hot sun too. So you've got to be careful. Similar there. to the D- yeah. the DR sun, is it? I I, I imagine it could be. Yeah, very that similar, was yes. that was dangerous. I I was down there. It was the first time my skin ever burned. My wife yeah. was like, "Yeah, you you can still get skin cancer from yeah. the sun, even, even if you are black." Be but, careful about what you put on your skin too. Like that, and along with the sun, it bakes the cancer right into oh, you. So boy. be careful. That's I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to keep it good, man. I'm Don't trying to bake the cancer into your body. I'm, I'm going to Vegas, so I'm trying to make sure I come back with a nice golden brown here. But we Wonderful. got a lot more to get into than golden brown. We will talk about your strips, but talk we got to talk bad. about. Listen, I think we're going to have different different opinions. We don't on know. This. We don't know. We're going to see here. We don't know what we have. We're going to see here. But Chris Sims is not a fan of Justin Fields as a passer. Realistically, he put him on the list 23rd. He's talking about him as a runner, says he's a dynamic runner, can do a lot of things. But as a passer, doesn't believe in him, doesn't believe in him yet. So we have to get into that. I think a lot of Bears fans probably could share his sentiment, but there will also be the other side. Yeah. Um, well, that- what other side? Tell me where he's wrong. I, I Tell I, me I, Chris Sims' sentiment and what Chris Sims says. Chris Sims, Chris Sims says yes. Tell me where he's wrong. We'll jump into that. We'll tell, just, yeah, you we'll, tell we'll, me where we'll he's, wrong, he's wrong, and then maybe we can start having a conversation. We'll talk about a little bit of uh, how how uh, Tennessee's O-line coach views uh, views Darnell uh, uh, Wright at the right tackle position and how dangerous this guy could be for the Chicago Bears. And then we'll talk about a little bit of wide receiver rankings. And, of course, we got to get all that in with the trip that you just came back from. Love getting those nuggets from the trip, man. Yeah. All that and more in today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Let's get into the show. Let's start off in the first quarter right where we right where we I think that I think that your viewpoint and Chris Sims viewpoint is not inaccurate where Chris Sims talks about Justin Fields as a passer. Tell the world about what there, Chris Sims there, says. There are two sides to what Chris Sims basically said. He talked about Justin Fields' passing mechanics, talked about how he was scared to make the right pass at times, even if it was opened up. Basically said that he wasn't looking to make NFL open passes. He was looking for college open passes. Didn't like his throwing mechanics. Doesn't like uh, 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 kind of how he's developed as a passer in this NFL. And here's Here's where I'll ask your expertise on this, even though you weren't a quarterback, still a professional athlete. How much do the circumstances you're in weigh into your analysis? Well, of this? For, that's what I, I asked Chris Sims. Well, uh, your, the circumstances he, as far as the team that he had, as far I as I don't think the critique ahead. comes with the team as he, as he has. I see 32 quarterbacks. I see 32 quarterbacks that throw their own way. Yeah. 
I see 32 quarterbacks that have their own style of how they're going to throw the football, uh, where they carry it, how they carry it, when they decide to fire, guys that can throw better on the run than on the move, guys that are right-handed moving to the left that can throw the ball and put it on target, guys that can move right and throw the ball on the run and put it on target. So, I, I you know, as far as there being one ideal set of how to throw a football, I don't know if you'll ever find that. I think you're going to find a range of how to throw the football. Yeah. Um, maybe some being able to point to a classic style of how to throw a football as being the preferred style to throw a football. But I've seen it done many different ways, and I've seen people be successful in many different ways. Yes. So that's what I would say about that uh, simply. Um, the running aspect of what Justin Fields does is um, self-explanatory. You see it on yes. film. It's dynamic, 350-plus yard touchdowns last year. Yeah. First time that's ever been done from the quarterback position. Congratulations. That's absolutely fantastic. There's there's nothing can be uh, taken away from the way he can run the ball and uh, bring his athleticism to the table in that regard. Right. Any criticism you want to throw in his passing game is there. That's the same criticism he had when he was at college. Likes to hold on to the ball, likes to look, likes to look, likes to look, doesn't want to fire. Uh, and he d doesn't like to throw the NFL route. He did it once. He got intercepted. But I was more happy watching him throw the ball where it needed to be thrown. His wide receiver sold him out. His wide receiver disappointed him. Right. But that, to me, was the positive sign of the fact that this guy might be able to get it. Now, I've never seen excuses get made for a quarterback as much as they've been made for Justin Fields. Some of them might be rightful. Okay, but boy, everybody's quick to jump to the defense of the quarterback in this situation. Right. Fine. Not a problem. I could look at it and say the talent wasn't there. Uh, the offensive line is better th this year than it was last year. Yes. Not saying that last year's offensive line was so horrific. The defensive line last year for the Bears was horrific. The offensive line was less horrific. Uh, the receivers certainly were a question mark, but I think it was a combination of the receivers and the quarterback. It was a combination of those two yes. that caused the offense problems. So I'm not a fan of Chris Sims. I don't like Chris Sims um, in general. You know, member of the Lucky Sperm Club <laughs> gets a broadcasting job like Collinsworth. Member yeah, of the Lucky yeah, Sperm yeah, Club yeah, yeah. gets the Notre Dame gig for what reason? Doesn't make any sense to me. But so that being put aside and my biases I had for them being members of the Lucky Sperm Club, I don't always... Um, Disagree, yeah. you know, in, in a lot of things that they they want to say. But I don't know if you can chew apart what Chris Sims has to say about Justin Fields because Justin Fields needs to prove himself. 100%. Period. No 100%. matter if you love him, no matter if you think he's going to be one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, no matter what you think of him or what you think he might be, I've got to judge and Chris Sims got to judge on what he is. Right. And when you judge him for what he is, I don't think a lot of that criticism uh, is off mark. Uh, here's here's where go. here's where I look at situation, and I understand right. I think that Justin Fields went through about six weeks of his offensive coordinators going, "What the heck do we have here?" I think that Justin Fields went through the second half of the season, and he realized 
there's not a lot of receivers here that I trust. I say that because if you watch the second half of the season and I've watched it because it actually was a little bit exciting, but not good enough. Um, and he didn't win. He didn't get the job done. I'm not coming here and telling you that Justin Fields is the perfect quarterback. But what you notice is Justin Fields only threw the players that he was in training camp with an issue with him. hundred percent. But he stopped trusting what was in front of him because when he did trust it, a lot of times it got him bit in the butt and he's the one that's got to eat that. I think there was a realization of, okay, my legs will get me in a good position. My legs will get us to a position where we can win. I'm going to rely on me here. And I think that that's just the circumstances of the team you had last season. You didn't have receivers. Cole Komet is your probably your best receiver that you had all last season. And to me, I think that like Courtney said on the podcast, Robert Tunyon might be coming in here to take his job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which tells you how good of a receiver he was. Well, I mean, if you're not going to be the top, uh, if, if you're at a position and you're not at the top and you're going to want to be paid like you're at the top, yeah. then unless you are a stud, you can't be there. Yeah. And I think we can all, I'll take a look at Cole Komet and we know that he is not one of the top receivers in the league. No. So if he's going to want best top case receiver scenario. in the league money, uh, you've got to bring in a guy that you might be able to replace him with because the reality of the situation is you're going to have to make a move. Right. And if you got to make a move, you better have somebody there that can play. And Tanya coming off an injury, coming back last year, not being as good as the year he was before, but being the second year off the ACL, you're maybe trying to find a little something in the bottle. Right. Who knows? Maybe you'll be able to do that. So hopefully that's uh, there for him. Mooney was tough when Mooney was healthy. Mooney was okay. Well, I saw him catch 143 yards in the game. That's pretty good. Yeah. Most of these guys that have 1,100-yard games in 17 games now. Yeah. that's It's barely 60 yards a game. Right. I mean, what are we really talking about when a guy's getting 64 yards a game yeah. and we want to vault him to the top of the world like he's some primary receiver? I get it. And we've already talked about it. And everybody's made the excuse. Yeah. For Justin Fields, they've went about the business of not allowing there to be any excuses so they could provide for a proper analysis of what the quarterback is going to be. Yeah. This is the NFL. You're not getting a job in the NFL and you're not keeping a job in the NFL unless you earn it. Yeah, That's the way it works. You know, you go out there, it's like wrestling in a high school. If you were uh, 155 and you were the third one, you had to beat the second one. Right. And if you were the second one and the winner of that one got to wrestle off with the top guy to find out who was going to wrestle in the meets. That's the way it works. It's a meritocracy. You've got to be the best at the position on your team to be able to play. And if you're going to get paid, you got to be one of the top people in the game yeah. to be able to get paid. Justin Fields has had to answer these questions his whole career. Every time you take a snap, you've got to answer questions. So this is nothing foreign to Justin Fields. Nobody is asking Justin Fields to do something he's never done before. Yeah. He went to high school. He had to win the quarterback position to play quarterback. He went to Ohio State or did he go someplace before Ohio State? Ohio State. So oh, he, no, he to, was, I, uh, I he was at Georgia. He redshirted right. at Georgia. Georgia, yeah, yeah. he got out of there. Too many quarterbacks. Yeah. I'm not going to get a chance to play. Get me the hell out. Same way Joe Burrow was at Ohio State. Yep. Didn't like it at Ohio State. LSU. Got down well. He didn't like Urban Meyer. Said Urban Meyer told me he's not even as good as a high school quarterback. So he went down to LSU, won a national championship down there. Urban Meyer's got mud on his face. Right. Okay. So he transferred. Went to Ohio State. He found a way to start. Found a way to flourish. Boom. It's the same thing here. Right. It's the same thing here. He's got to find a way to flourish. Now at Ohio State, he had the best of the best. 
With Chicago Bears, he hasn't had the best of the best. But he has still got to prove that he can be the guy that can throw the football for the Chicago Bears. The Bears are convinced he's going to be the quarterback of the future. That's not unfair. No. That is what they ask of every quarterback around the league. So, you know, anytime there's criticism, everybody, well, you don't really, everybody knows the situation Justin Fields is in. Everybody knows how pitiful the Bears were by design. Of course. By design, it seems. Uh, to be able to get the best uh, position they could. They knew they had to tear it down to be able to build it back up. So, I, listen, I've got faith in Justin Fields. I think Jason, Justin Fields can answer the test. Now, if I told you I wanted him to throw for 3,400 yards, 36 touchdowns, six interceptions, to rush for a close to 900 yards, would I be unfair if I asked that of Justin Fields? Maybe have about seven rushing touchdowns. I'm going to be 100% honest with you, no. This is the modern NFL. This is a modern quarterback. You want more? No, well, here's here's what I here's what I'm saying. I've watched quarterbacks come in the sure. league and give me that with less. I watched Joe Burrow come in and give me a four thousand yard passing season. He didn't have any tackles on his team. He's not a better runner than Justin mm-hmm. Fields is. He made decisions. Sometimes he sometimes it, it helps when you can throw that mug up there and say Jamar's down there somewhere. But guess what? Now Justin has a player that he can say DJ Moore's down there somewhere or Tyler Scott or whoever it is, right? You've got guys that can get right. downfield now. I think that this is the season where I do expect to see a lot more from Justin Fields. And so for me, I'm not sitting here uh, underselling what Justin Fields should be. Should he be close to a uh, be, <laughs> help? Help me get the sponsors here. Yerk. Mm-hmm. Should he be close to a 4000 yard passer? In my estimation, yes, right. because that is the basic quarterback in the NFL right now. I'm the not reason he should break 4000, right? But 3700 shouldn't be an oh, my God. The reason I threw 3400 out there, the reason I threw 36 six out there, the reason I threw seven touchdowns yeah. and close to a thousand yards rushing at 900 is because that's how Lamar Jackson won his MVP. Yes. Those were the numbers Lamar Jackson won his MVP with. So you don't necessarily have to be a 4,000-yard passer. What he did that year was go 36 for 6, 6 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. Okay, that's what he did. I don't know if it was his third year or his fourth year that he ended up doing it. All right. So MVP Lamar, I feel like was second, second year. Okay. Think. Well, there you go. Check that. So the point is it can be done. Yes. I don't need him necessarily to graduate from 2,100 yards to 4,000 yards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is that if he's the team leader and he's got the guys playing, listen, Jim McMahon was a good thrower. Jim McMahon never threw for 4,000 yards, right. but Jim McMahon was undoubtedly the leader of the football team. Jim McMahon got everybody to play harder. And got everybody to play better and to play smarter when he was the quarterback. So rather than me saying, oh, I've got to have the first 4,000-yard pass or I've got to have the first guy that's going to throw for 30 touchdowns, rather than me going absolutely bat-blank crazy, trying to say, oh, this is what I have. I don't need all that. Okay? What I need is for him just to show a command of the offense and be able to move the ball when he has to move the ball. I have a feeling this team is still going to want to run the ball. I have a a feeling this team still wants to control the clock. Yes. Okay. That's what I think this team wants to do. This is the way this team is going to be built. They want to control the clock. They want to be able to run the ball. They want to be able to progress down the field. They've got to become better in the red zone. And if they can do that, I think he's got a chance to become the quarterback without 
being a guy that's going to throw, he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. I don't expect it. Okay, yeah. he's not going to. We're yeah. not going to have a 5,000-yard passer in the city of Chicago. I'll take it. What I'm doing, I'll yeah. I'll take it. Well, it'll be a different quarterback. <laughs> it'll be a different quarterback. If you're going to take it, it's going to be somebody else. <laughs> what I'm telling you is I can have a, a step, mm-hmm. uh, uh, an improvement mark, and a recognition of the way he's going to throw the ball for that to be for it to be better for the Chicago Bears. And I'd be okay. Yeah, I'd be okay. I said, we've seen it. We've got the improvement. I'm going to give him his fifth-year option. And then in the next year, as we continue to add with the draft choices we had, we're going to be in good shape. That decision's got to be made. Yeah. You know, that's the decision that's going to have to be made. And I want Justin Fields to be able to answer that question for the Chicago Bears and for Luke Getze. And for hey, Luke Getze's not going anywhere. No. Unless the Bears go to, you know, well, if they go 11-6, and they make the playoffs. Luke Getzey might go someplace, but if there's if they're nine and eight, nobody's going. Hey, let's knock down Luke Getzey's door and let's get him to be our head coach. That's not happening. I'm sorry. <laughs> Winning teams, offensive coordinators go to become head coaches. Mediocre teams, offensive coordinators do not go to become head coaches. The argument I'll give you is: uh, re- remember uh, when we thought Adam Gase turned Jay Cutler into a good quarterback? Jay Cutler was the best quarterback the Bears have ever had. But, but we thought he turned him into an efficient quarterback, and then all of a sudden he's down in Miami destroying what they got going on, and then he gets another job with the yeah. Jets because this guy figured out Jay Cutler all of a sudden. Yeah, but <laughs> hold on though. At least they went to an NFC Championship game. They though. did. Yes, they did. I mean, I'm talking there about there was you, still you, some you, winning. Got to be a winning team yeah, yeah, yeah. to be able to do that. You go to the NFC Championship game. Did then they, they go with Gase? Then they look. I, I think he was around. I don't know if they went to the NFC. I Championship think he was around. They were competitive. They were competitive. I'll give you that. Uh, here's here's the question that I'll ask you, and, and I think just because you haven't been here, I haven't got to throw these numbers at you. How much do you think the second year in this system is going to affect Justin? We've seen quarterbacks in the second year of this system who aren't the most amazing quarterbacks in the world take leaps and bounds in the very similar system. Jake Plummer upped his touchdown to interception ratio massively. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, we saw, of course, do it, but Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest of all time. Like it, it's We're seeing quarterbacks in the second year of this style of system and be able to take their game from here to here just in an efficiency sense in a in a, in a score well, I mean that, that's sense. why I gave you 36 to 6 yeah. I mean that's pretty substantial absolutely so uh do I expect it sure I expect improvement yeah uh in this system I expect improvement I think what they've been able to do with the team I expect improvement of course uh with Chase Claypool having him a whole offseason and becoming more comfortable with yeah. him guess what you're gonna have to trust your receivers you practice with he them absolutely day. that's my problem when you come back and you, you you see the guy running the route that he's supposed to run put the ball where it needs to be yeah. and not every guy runs the same route the same way okay it's up to the quarterback to understand what the nuances of the individual is when he runs a route right it's quarterback's responsibility right it falls upon him so I listen. I, I I expect good things from the Bears this year. Uh, I I don't expect this team to be a playoff team. I expect them to be in the hunt. They're going to be better than three. I said they were a seven win team that underperformed last year. Yeah. I think they're a seven win team that's looking to overperform this year. And uh, we saw the, the Jets and and the Jets and the Tennessee Titans were seven and three at one point last year. Right. And what they do? They crapped the bed both of them. Right. Both of them put big stinkies on their Sealy mattress is what they ended up doing. <laughs> what, All right? Which mattress? Sealy. Sealy mattress. mattress. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. <laughs> plugs in here. Jacksonville was on the outs, right? Yeah, yes. 
Jacksonville's what they do. Yeah. They won a bunch of games at the end. A bunch of teams. There are two, one other team that won like eight of nine at the end of the year to qualify for the playoffs. That kind of thing can happen. You know, that, so uh, even if you get off to a rugged start, when the Bears went 12 and four that one year, they started three and three. So get out there. You got to find a way to feel good about yourself. You got to find a way to build some momentum. You'll find yourself winning a game that you, were, you weren't supposed to win, losing a game that maybe you thought you were going to win. But then this team's got to find a way to go ahead and, and respond and get together. I think the defensive line's going to be improved. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think you got anybody coming off the edge that's that's doing anything for you right now. Somebody I read something the other day that uh, is Gibson still on the team. Travis Gibson is still on yeah, the team. Yeah, oh, he He's was double team. teamed so much more than the, the double teamed. Yeah, you're in the NFL. <laughs> you don't think you're going to face the double team? The basic design of every offensive line is three guys blocking two, three guys blocking two. If there's no blitz coming, right? So if you don't have two. Usually it's a man and a half, man and a half. They solidify a guy, get him stopped, and they go and they slide out, and they end up solidifying the end guy too with another guy. Right. So it starts a double here, ends up a double there. Right. It's the way the NFL is. Oh, he was doubled a lot, especially after Khalil Mack left. Oh, he was double teamed. <laughs> really? Double team. And that's an excuse. Huh? All of a sudden, I'm supposed to expect Gibson to become a world beater because they've got some inside people. Come on. We'll see. Give the kid a chance. Maybe he gets in there. Maybe he gets a little more sacks. So, and that's the difference. That's Leonard Floyd. Right. When Leonard Floyd's the number one pass rushing option on your team, he won't be able to get to the quarterback. Right. When he's number three pass option, you know, the rushing option, then there's a chance he can get to the quarterback because they're not paying attention to him. And with Leonard Floyd's athleticism and speed, he can run around a pocket breaks down. He can make something happen for you. He can be the guy off the corner. He might even make a double move when he uses quickness and athleticism to be able to get on the quarterback. Gibson, if he's worth his salt and can get to the quarterback, should be able to be able to do it as the number one pass rusher on the team. If he's the number three pass rusher, you just got to know, okay, he can, with a full complement of defensive linemen, he can get to the quarterback as long as most of the time everybody's paying attention to everybody else. I feel like we got a lot of guys like that on the defensive side as well. Like there's, We've got all the guys who, like, I look at them, right, uh, Demarcus Walker, uh, Justin Jones, Travis Gibson, where I look at them and I say, um, that guy's good. He he was a seven sack guy. He was in the backfield. Did they? But it was because of that guy as well. Have they brought? Have they brought four defensive tackles in? You've got Andrew the Billings, two, two guys they drafted, uh, Demarcus Walker, right. Javon Dexter, Zach Pickens, and um, the, the two guys one they drafted. Signing, right? Then the guy from Kennesaw, Kennesaw State, right? He was a defensive lineman drafted later in the fifth round. So they drafted the three yes, interior. Yes, yeah. They tra- They drafted three interior defensive tackles. They picked one up in free agency. Right. Unless 93 plays his ass off, right. 93 is going to have a different address this year. Mm. That's just the truth. Yeah. You don't draft three defensive tackles. Yeah. So here's what ends up happening. If the fifth-round pick is as good as 93, 93 is gone. Yeah. Because you're going to keep the cheaper player. You'll keep the less expensive player instead of having the guy that's got some experience in that. If 93 is not much better than the fifth-round draft choice, 93 is a, a casualty. That's just the way it works. Are we, are That's we, the cruel world of the NFL. I replaced Bob Nelson that way in Green Bay. Yeah, Nelly was an okay player, but he's getting long in the tooth, and he's making a lot of money. Pay Yurko 100 grand, pay him $475,000. <laughs> Guess what they did? 
They paid you, me a hundred grand. Hundred grand, didn't they you? They got rid of him, and that's the way the cookie crumbled. Yeah, you yeah. got your hundred grand, didn't yeah. you? That's well, how not I really. They cut me and put me on the practice squad. Oh yeah. wow, they they did you like that? Yeah, I got activated. Uh, five weeks left in the season. After week eleven, I got activated. So or twelve, week twelve because there was a bye. Yeah, and I got paid for the last five weeks of the season, and the game was so. Fast. Can I swear? Yeah. The game was so fucking fast. It was unbelievable. I'm out there playing against the fucking Colts going up against Baldinger as the center. And shit's just fucking moving so fast. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I was playing against the Roadrunner, you know, and I was Wiley Coyote. Yeah. Beep, beep. I swear to God, I heard some beep beeps out there. <laughs> shit was happening all around me. I'm like, what the fuck? It didn't slow down for me until about, um, so 90, I was in practice squad. 91, I was in the squad, played five games. 92, I started to become a little bit more comfortable and, and started to play a little bit better. Yeah. But 93 was the year that fucking I took off. And yeah. After 93, nobody was getting rid of me. I was. You you would have met. Cats me. You were a good kid. I got hurt. You were a good kid. The minute you start getting hurt. Ooh. That's nope. the end of it. That's the end of it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's. What is it? It's, it's dog, the Bears podcast is what dog, it is. dog world out there, Yerk. And sometimes yeah. you're the dog that's eating. Sometimes yeah. you're the dog getting eaten. It's a doggy dog world, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. All right. <laughs> Shout out to you, I guess, at the end of the day. Let's keep oh, this thing moving. Got right a along. sandpaper tongue, <laughs> that dog. Let's keep this thing moving right along. I, should I be comfortable or uncomfortable? I'm, I'm good. Uh, either way. I'm good. Uh, we do have some uh, interesting. Depends how close to your pet you are. <laughs> <laughs> we do have some I, I do want to ask you this when it comes to Chris Sims, when you hear a lot of the guys mm-hmm. talking, when you hear a lot of the the yeah. uh, the pundits, the 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 talking heads, as they call them, when you hear them come out with this right hard line take, do you have that moment as a player where you kind of go, hey, bud, like, what are you evaluating here? What are you looking at? Maybe not Chris no, Sims in this situation. No, I mean, but like when you hear the former GM, right. when it's like, I know why you were fired. Why would right. I listen to you? Well, that doesn't mean he made a th- he he could have made one hundred right decisions and ten wrong decisions, and he's judged on his ten wrong decisions. First right. of all, uh, they're also members of the media, so guess what? They're going to have to have an opinion. Yeah, they've got to fill time as everybody else has to fill time. Yeah. You know, hey, we've got so much of this that we've got to do, so let's find a way to entertain. And if you look at this year and what one of the storylines is going to be. The insurgents of the Chicago Bears, how well are they going to play and what's going to be their wa- weekly storyline over the 18 weeks of the season? It's four and a half months. Right. That's four and a half months where you got you got to find stories. So uh, in his assessment of what he feels on Jay Fields, that's what he's doing. Um, I'm not – you don't have to be the greatest player in the world to be able to offer Assess critique the game. On, on individuals. Brandel Chambly, who's on the PGA Tour, was mm-hmm. doing the PGA Championship last week, uh, was awful as a golfer. He's terrible. Yeah, I think he won four tournaments, um, which is not a juggernaut. A lot of guys go through their careers, never win a tournament. At least he won four tournaments. Right. Um, he was a nobody in golf. Starting in 85, nobody ever remembers the name Brandall Chambly. I have no idea who you're talking okay, about. Okay, that's my point. He's the <laughs> one of the lead announcers on, on the broadcast. Right. He and Brad Faxon. Now, Brad Faxon, you remember. Yes. I remember Brad Faxon. I was a fan of golf. I remember Brad Faxon. Brad I, Faxon I'm not a huge fan of golf, and I know who that Brad is. Brad Faxon so that played on uh, Ryder Cup teams. Yes. Um, you know, he's one of your better players that was out there for a little while. At least he achieved, right? Um. 
Brad Faxon offers his thoughts. I want to listen to him. Brandel Chambly offers his thoughts. I don't really give a rat's ass. But it's he's still allowed to, even though he wasn't a great golfer, yeah. he may know a lot about golf, so he gets to talk. Chris Sims didn't have to be a great football player. But Chris Sims knows something about football, so you give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, and his pappy got him his job, so congratulations. <laughs> now it's his responsibility to keep his job. So NBC likes him. I, I mean, I'm not going to criticize Chris Sims. He's got to give his thoughts on the NFL. Yeah. That's what he's there for. So, you know, good luck to him. Usually, I, I I listen to what a lot of people say. I put it in there, and I just kind of let it go, and, and, and I don't give a rat's ass. Mm-hmm. And I think Sims has gotten better over time. Um, but it's still one of those I listen to and really kind of don't pay a lot of attention to. Yeah. But he's not wrong in this case on Justin Fields. He's, he's, he's not. His the way he throws and the mechanics of how he throws. Yeah, like I said, yeah, yeah. I've seen a thousand quarterbacks. See, that's the, I've seen a thousand different throwing styles. Yeah, that's that's the part I think yeah. that irks me because he uh, uh, to me a guy like right like I look at the Dan Orlovskis and guys like that that want to criticize a guy's mechanics. It's like, but you you know what it's like when you're being pressured at every play yeah. or when you've got a guy in your face because your center who's Sam Mustafer, who is just falling over after snaps or sailing snaps over Justin well, Fields who's head your, who's your left is tackle? falling on your who's back. Your, who's your left tackle? Braxton Jones. Braxton Jones is getting trucked and basically. Oh, yeah, they're sack, running right. They were running right sacking through you with his backside. They were running right through him. They, I think, the, the I think, bull rush was killing. Him yeah, I think Braxton Jones honestly sacked the quarterback twice himself. Yeah. by being thrown on top of his quarterback. So, But I think that's the part where I look at it, and I think where a lot of Bears fans look at it and say, listen, bud, you should be the one out here understanding the situation Justin Fields is in and and figuring out, okay, yeah, he, he's he's done this. He hasn't lived up to where he was drafted just yet, but I can see the reasons why, and I can see the talent underneath. You see the running talent. I think we've seen the passing talent as well. I don't think that we've seen enough of it. I'll agree with you. I don't think that he has trusted the offense that he's in. I'll agree with you so on that. I, are you telling me he's got a good arm? He does have a good arm. Yes, he does. He's got a good arm. So when it comes time to make the decision on when to pass and where to pass and how to pass, is that where the problem lies? It's the mental part. Okay. I do think that. There you go. I do think that. That's part of quarterbacking, though. No, a hundred percent. I don't. I don't disagree with you there. Right. What I'm saying is, a lot of people, very much like Chris Sims did, are attacking the mechanics of this yeah, guy. Yeah. And I don't think that that's well, a fair assessment of what but, Justin's life in the NFL has been. But that's what I'm telling you, though. Yeah. Is I'm telling you, there's 32 quarterbacks. There's actually uh, 32, 64. Some teams might keep three or have them on the practice squad. Say there's 80 quarterbacks in the league. I promise you, 80 guys don't throw the same way. No, I promise 80 don't come from the same slot. I promise there's a range of guys coming from over the top to almost damn near sideline. You yeah. know, I promise you every time they drop back and they're on the run and they're on the move, they're not throwing from the most stable of foundations. They're trying to do the best they can in the situation. I swear to God, have. Pat Mahomes throws it like no. a freaking baseball. Yeah, but <laughs> he throws it like a shortstop. Yeah. I swear to God, he does. Well, the, and the great thing about Mahomes, <laughs> the reason Mahomes is successful was Mahomes couldn't tell you what the coverages were when he was coming in. Yeah. But he knew what he was seeing. Right. Okay. So what he did over the course of the first couple, two, three years with Andy Reid was he learned how to identify what he was saying. So he learned just how to talk the game of football. But who, who, who 
wouldn't want to be able to recognize when you got a guy that goes back and just sees what he's supposed to see. 100%. And then makes the decisions off of what he sees, and they're the right decisions. 100%. And then whoever the scout was that saw that and said, hey, I think I've got something. And then they let him obviously sit for that first year, and you know he learned enough when he was there. To them, for them to have the confidence, say, hey, Alex Smith, thank you very much. But we've got our quarterback. We know what directions off of an AFC now. title game. Well, right. Yeah. But that was evident to mm-hmm. them and they saw it in practice. And so usually before you ever see it on the field, you see it in practice. I was with Favre the first year when he threw 26 interceptions or 25 interceptions. Yeah. Okay. That was 90, 93, I think. 92, maybe. Well, we got him in 92. So he took over. Four games in the season against Cincinnati, threw a bunch of interceptions. The next year is a full-time starter. He threw 26. The next year, he threw like 17. Then he came in the next year, and it was 35-10. So you saw the maturation, and then you saw the moment he got it. Now, he's a second-round pick. similar, right? He didn't know the difference between nickel and dime, right? Yeah, yeah. Then he figured it out. Ty Detmer had to tell him. But uh, he he got to that, that that. 1995, his fourth year. But we traded a first-round pick for him. He was a second-round draft choice. Right. And Ron Wolf, we played Atlanta down at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Jerry Glanville was there. Dion was there. Andre Risen was there. It was the whole dirty bird thing going on down there. We go down there, and he took Bob Harlan, uh, Teddy Thompson, Mike Reinfeldt, and he said, hey, let's go over there. He goes, this is, the, this is going to be the next quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And they went down to the other end, and they stood on the sideline. They watched Brett Favre throw. And they had one of the Billy Joes were there. Billy Joe Holbert, Billy Joe mm-hmm. Bear, Billy Joe whoever, <laughs> Tolliver, whoever. They had one of the Billy Joes as their starting quarterback. Yeah. And then he went and took a look at the back where he was, that's our quarterback next year. And that's what he announced to the three guys he was with. And then in the offseason, they went about Ken Herock was the general manager for Atlanta. They made the trade, a first-round draft choice for Brett Favre. Worked out. And it worked well. <laughs> it looked like in '94 it wasn't going to work out yeah. because Mike and uh, Holmgren and, and Brett had to come to Jesus meeting. Yeah. And then after that '94 meeting, after we got done getting embarrassed by the Minnesota Vikings, then they came back. He started playing better ball than '95. It was fantastic. And boom. '96, hey. they go to the Super Bowl, win it. '97, they go to the Super Bowl and lose it. And that's all she wrote. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little zoom in. It throws you off when you see yourself talking. Is that what it is? I, I am a handsome fellow. I mean, I, look, listen, you're, you look good out here, man. You're doing good things. Mm-hmm. Good tan. Getting the getting the sponsorship in there. Duncan. Call us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody's running on Duncan. <laughs> follow us on everything at the Chicago Bear Podcast. You can follow us on ESPN Chicago. Listen five days a week, Monday through Friday, and you always can get the good kid here on a Friday unless he's out on vacation or uh, just enjoying a little, little day on the links. How was the golf? How was the golf? We didn't even get in it. Uh, I got three rounds coming up. Okay. Three rounds come up. Didn't play in the Bahamas. Didn't play in Kentucky. Oh, okay. That's fine. I don't I don't need to play all the time. But I got uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, playing a little bit of golf, having a little bit of fun. Got a summer full of golf. Got a lot of fun activities. I like to play golf. Frankie Winters called oh, me. Oh. Frankie uh, called me and says, hey, we got a golf outing for Misericordia at Flossmore Country Club. You're in. So I got to give Frankie a call and acknowledge him that I'm in. And that's one of those things I'm doing for the station, of course. Love it. 
Yeah, I got to convince Danny that I'm doing it for the station, yeah. not for myself. You're, you're doing it, Danny. He's doing it for the station. Well, you got to meet with all the you know major uh, companies and stuff. Might like as well. That, you know, got to yeah. shake hands. Future partners. Yeah. Got to love it. Hey, man, make sure you guys are tuned in with us as always. That's another week of the Chicago Bears podcast. We'll be back Monday. See you guys then with Lance Briggs. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Peace. <laughs>